Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Join us for the very first IFL Live at London's Indigo at the O2, Sunday, August the 13th, with me, Coogan Cassius, and some very special guests, Eddie Hearn, Darren Barker, Johnny Fisher, and more. Tickets now on sale. So in the words of Eddie Hearn... You get up, you dress up, and you fucking show up. It's Joe Pugh for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. We're here at the Origin Gym, Raynham, for the media workout of Johnny Fisher. Delighted to be joined by Eddie Earn. How are you, Eddie? I'm doing well, mate. It's very warm in here. Did I see you in Greece? Santa, yeah. On a, on a boys' one? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. was it? It was all right. It was all right until Big John came and got me on the dentist How chair. How old are you? How old do you think I am? 21. 19. Yeah, I'm only 19. Time to be alive. Zanti with the boys at 19. It takes me back to Iron Apple with the boys. How long did you go for? A week. I went for two weeks to Iron Apple at 19 as well. Great days, mate. Great days. And before you know it, you're 44. So fill your boots, son. Mate, two weeks. You're more hardcore than me, certainly. But we're here, obviously. Johnny Fisher, his first big, big test. Ten rounds, title fight. Good for him, a good measuring stick on a fantastic card. Yeah, and a proper fight. You know, Harry Armstrong's been slung in a couple of fights late notice, but he's six foot six, technically very good, clever fighter, tough, durable. And I think this is a fight that's going to give Johnny Fisher rounds, you know, and it's going to be a tough test. They called for this fight. We weren't mad on it because we think it's a very tough fight, but he feels like he's ready, and I believe he's ready as well. But obviously, when you've got someone as popular as Johnny Fisher, you want to make sure you don't make any mistakes. But great news for the fight fans that we've got a good, solid domestic heavyweight fight, kind of underneath a massive domestic heavyweight fight as well. And on what will be a massive night, August 12th for the O2. Is this a case of sink or swim for him? Because it will be the first time that he's got someone who's really coming to win. It's a bit harsh to say sink or swim, isn't it? When you're putting it on... I think this is something in boxing that we've got to be careful of, is like we tee up these great risks or these moderate risks with the downside oh if he loses this he's over I mean you're talking about a young prospect but any loss shows you that you're not at that level and what we don't want to do is fall short at southern area level 
You know, it's one thing falling short at British title level or world championship level, but not at this level because we think Johnny's well beyond this level. Um, but it's the occasion, it's the 18,000 people at the O2, and I'm buzzing for him and I'm excited for him and the family, but now it gets serious. And the rest of the undercard, I know we've got Hergovic McKean yeah. already announced, but when can we expect that announcement? So you can expect at least one more heavyweight fight, probably two. Um, obviously, we've got before the bell on the early stuff, sorted with George Liddard, Maisie Rose and Campbell Hatton. And then we're going to have at least one, probably two heavyweight fights, plus Johnny Fisher um, against Harry Armstrong, plus... Philip Hergovic against Dempsey McKean and of course Anthony Joshua against Dillian White so there is a chance that all five fights on the broadcast may be heavyweight fights which wasn't a plan at the beginning but would be very nice to announce At the press conference Derek Chisora said he will be on the card is that a potential option? I think it's very likely you'll have an announcement soon that Derek Chisora will be on the card obviously 258 are dealing with that with Derek we'd love to see him on the fight that he's talking about, I like the fight. I think it's a tricky fight. I think it's a tough fight, but would be a big addition for us, you know, to, to get Derek on what would be a massive night on August 12th. And the rest of the schedule, are we? Can we expect an announcement next imminently? Week, next week, you will get an announcement every day. I mean, I'm putting myself under pressure here, but <laughs> every day of a new show, starting on Monday with one of our biggest shows of the schedule. We'll have press conferences on Tuesday. Um, and like I said, the plan is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a show every day and a couple of big ones in there as well. Will all of those be in UK and Ireland or is that stateside uh, as well? Uh, yes, but there is also, look, you know we've made Sonny Edwards against um, BAM. That will be officially announced with the venue and the date. Plus, as well, we're making some big American fights that we hope to announce next week as well. But the plan of the individual days is mainly for the UK shows. Wood Warrington in there? Could possibly be. We're, we're speaking with the WBA. Um, Lee Wood against Josh Warrington is such a tremendous fight for British boxing. I want to make it. I want to make sure the WBA are happy. We're right on the line now to kick that over. And hopefully that can be part of the announcements next week. How likely is it that that fight would be for the WBA title? Has, has to be, in my opinion. I mean, look, it's still a massive fight without it, but obviously, you know, it's always a bigger fight when the world title's on the line. And for Josh Warrington, it's actually to become a three-time world champion. You know, you're going to split an arena with half Nottingham, half Leeds. It's going to be unbelievably electric. And hopefully we can get it over the line for the WBA title. Bosh. Bosch there. Um, will we see Conor Ben in the, this announcement of the schedule announcement? No, not in the schedule announcement, but the news on Conor Ben has to be imminent. You know, we've waited a long time for the ruling. Um, it's taken an abnormally long time, in my opinion. It's just how everything's played out in this situation. Um, we're very hopeful and confident that he will be cleared by UCAD and he'll be able to box in the UK, hopefully in September. But Let's see what comes back from the hearing. He's done everything that's been asked of him. You know, he got reinstated in the rankings by the WBC. Everyone said, no, he hasn't gone through UCAD and the British Boxing Board of Control. He's done that. Let's await the results. Why do you believe this hasn't been resolved yet? I don't know. Look, the cynic in me might mean that we missed out by the Eubank fight by a couple of days. Who knows? But look, you know, I think that Eubank and Caller and... And us as well will be disappointed because when he gets cleared, which I believe he will, we could have made what would have been a mega fight instead of 
a much smaller fight in the Liam Smith fight, and that's the one they wanted. But let's see what happens. First things first, let's get cleared, let's return to boxing. If we can do it in the UK, it'd be fantastic, and I'm very, very confident that'll be the case. What's happening with Jack Catterall? Jack Catterall would like to fight Josh Taylor. Um, the slot that we have really doesn't enable us to get the venue that we want. Um, so it's very likely that Jack will fight in October. And then, I've already reached out to top rank, if he can't get a world title fight, I would like him to fight Josh Taylor. I don't mind doing that catchweight. Sam Jones has made that clear because we talk about Josh Taylor moving up to maybe welterweight. I believe Sam and Jack would take the catchweight fight. They've been blowing up my phone to make that fight. I just don't think venue-wise we can get it over the line for this one. But what we can do is stay active in a big fight and then work with top rank to make that fight, whether it's December or more likely January or February. Hopefully Josh Taylor fancies that fight. He's a tremendous fighter. He'll be an unbelievable build-up and grudge match. That's the plan, but Jack will be part of, it looks like, that schedule announcement next week. Surely that's the biggest fight for Catterall and Taylor because the needle is real there. For sure, for sure. Yeah. But both have got their financial expectations. It's not always as easy as that, particularly if you don't have a venue to make that happen. So I know Jack's a bit frustrated because he wants that fight so bad, but we are talking to top rank and we'll see where we go to it. Sticking with that 140-147 division, O'Hara Davis was yeah. announced that he signed with Golden Boy. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? Chuff for him. Yeah. Um, Lee Eaton's done a great job. We was actually thinking about making a play for O'Hara and, and I went through the process with Lee. I knew about the Golden Boy deal, which was massive for O'Hara. Like, and he had to take it. It was like a load more money than we were offering and life-changing deal for him. And um, I, I think he's in a great position. What I hope now is that, and Lee won't allow this to happen, don't get bullied out and pushed aside buy some sweet talk to step aside to make Ryan Garcia against Roley. You're in the spot, you can beat Roley Romero, go and win the world title and then cash in against Ryan Garcia for an absolute fortune. I guess that's the plan for those boys. So over the moon for O'Hara. I know we've always had our back and forth, but he's given everything to the sport and sometimes you don't get what you deserve out of the sport. He's actually hopefully now going to get that and more. So he's going to change his life. Hopefully he can leave the sport with houses paid for and a nice life and hopefully he can win a world title we know the history with you and O'Hara but are you expecting a little bit more of abuse from Oscar now he's got O'Hara yeah but I mean look I know the money he paid fuck me like he's 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 gone for it with him and I, I'm so pleased for O'Hara so I hope Golden Boy do a great job for him um, and like I said hope OD can go and win a world title you know I'd love to see him do it I want to get your thoughts on the Maxi Hughes-George Cambosas fight. Have you got a chance to see it and what did you make of those scorecards? I haven't seen the fight. Um, I've got this weird thing that I do where I follow fights on Twitter. So I, and I, Someone just asked me about Spence Crawford. I said, probably wake up in the morning and go through someone's scorecard round by round and find out the result that way. We, that's just what I do. And with the Cambosas fight, I can't remember where I was. It was late in the morning. I might have been away, but I didn't have the fight on... But I was following it on Twitter and everyone was saying 4-0 at Maxi Hughes oh Cambosis won a round and everyone had Maxi the clear winner you know um, the fight was in Oklahoma obviously the promoters everybody wanted George Cambosis to win the fight it's, the, it's the, the downside of boxing 
when, and I, you know one thing I hate as well, there's so much hypocrisy in boxing, right? Because when it's, like, when it suits you, people will say, yeah, but regardless of the results, his stock really rose in the fight. It's like, fuck off. That's like winning the lottery and actually not finding the ticket. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you, you, your stock rises, rises for what? For getting robbed. If he beat George Cambosis, he goes and fights Shakur Stevenson or someone like that for, for seven figures. It's been taken away from him. So don't tell me about his stock rising. That's just a line to sort of suppress the situation. And you'll say that in certain situations. And then when it's another situation, it's a robbery. This sport's a joke. So the reality is, is judges have to do better. You know, it, was, it sounds like it was a fairly close fight. <coughs> Whenever there's a 115-113, or someone thinks it's 115-113, it can go the other way. But three judges, and no respect for Maxi Hughes on the scorecard, plus 117-111, it's daft. And it shows you that people had their own mind made up going into the fight. You know, sometimes, it's not always that it's like a corruption in the sport. I just think some judges sit down and go, well, uh, he's a clear favourite, George Cambos in this fight, like he's going to win the fight, and you just end up scoring the fight differently to someone else. Whereas if you look at it from a level playing field, I think 99% of people will say Maxi Hughes won the fight. But good luck to George, he's a lovely bloke, love his dad, but gutted for Maxi, because really, feels like a bit of a stitch-up. Anthony Joshua's comments on Rob McCracken, what did you make of that? Is it slightly disrespectful for someone who's trained him for so long? No, I think, look, it's all really come from the Carl Froch comments and, you know, the talk of defence was like a little bit of a, I guess, a jab back at Carl. Um, but obviously AJ felt that he wasn't getting everything he needed from that relationship and, and moved on. But what Rob did for AJ was, I mean, you know, changed his life. He was more than a trainer. He was a mentor. He was almost like a father figure. And Rob McCracken is one of the best trainers in the world. He's an absolute solid individual, great man. What he's done for British boxing, you know, on the amateur level, and AJ's unbelievable. Look, I look at it like this. You've got three people. You've got Carl Froch, Hall of Famer, legend of the sport. You've got Rob McCracken, one of the best trainers of all time, legend of the sport, great fighter in his day as well. You've got Anthony Joshua, who's completely changed the face of the sport, great fighter. Let's all respect each other, let's all get along. But, you know, it's Frochy putting the digs in, isn't it? You know, and he, Froch is Froch. Um, I, don't, I don't like everything that he said, and I don't like things that other people said as well. So it's tough because I love all those guys. So let's have some unity to move forward with the back end of AJ's career in what is the most important part of that career, August 12th, really, against Dillian White. I know you're probably in a difficult situation because, as you said, you love all three of those guys. But from what you know, did that end on bad terms that relationship between Rob McCracken and Anthony Joshua absolutely not I mean look this went on a, a period of time where AJ brought people in to try and change things and do new things so maybe someone to work on defence maybe someone to work on pads and I think whenever you do that it doesn't necessarily undermine a trainer but I don't think any trainer likes that and it carried on maybe a fight too long or two fights too long but that's because AJ loves Rob and had respect for him and in the end, it didn't work, and it was time to switch it up and change. But never was there bad blood. Never was it not on amicable terms. And um, you know, those two, I'm sure, will be lifelong friends. Just a couple more. Fury and Garnu. Yeah. I know you've got your thoughts on that. I think you said before that you thought it was going to be an exhibition. It's not an exhibition. Just get your thoughts. 
mean, it is really because it doesn't go on anyone's record. I mean, you can say it does. Does it really? No, I don't believe it does. It's not a defence of the world title. I don't think it goes on box rec. So if it's not, if it doesn't, how is it actually not an exhibition? But, you know, people, as I'm sure you'll do in this interview, sometimes clip a headline and they don't actually listen to what I say. I don't, I, I understand the fight. Do you know what I'm saying? I just feel like if you want to be a true great, if you really care about legacy and for the benefit of boxing, Fury Usyk should have been made. The fact that it's not made, I don't sit there and go, oh, I can't believe Tyson. It doesn't surprise me at all. But we can't also sit there and say, I don't care about money, I'm just about legacy, I beat everyone, he's a middleweight, blah, 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 and then go and fight a bloke who's never had a professional fight in his life. But it's going to be a big event. People will watch. And Tyson Fury's going to make a nice few quid. So good luck to him. But let's just not trick people about what we're really about. And, you know, I don't, I don't blame anyone. It's just he should be fighting Alexander Usyk, and that's all. If Anthony Joshua wanted to fight Ngannou, would you promote it? I mean, I asked him the question because Francis Ngannou reached out to me and said, can I fight Anthony Joshua? And I was like, fucking hell. And I met Francis Ngannou and he was like a really nice bloke, a lovely, lovely man. And I was a bit like, don't, you know, this is a big event. I went to Asia and I said, what do you think? He went, absolutely no way. I went, why? He went, because he's not a boxer. He went, I want to win a world heavyweight title. And I'm not just saying this to pump up, this is the exact conversation. And I went straight back to France and Guy and said, sorry, mate, I haven't got anything for you. AJ, not interested. Maybe when he's retired or like, who knows what the future holds. But right now, he's focusing on becoming world heavyweight champion again and you're not part of his plans. So if AJ would have come back to me and gone, um, look, I haven't got a world title shot. I haven't got any big fights. Let's look at it. Yeah, I would have looked at it. But Fury is the world reigning world champion. AJ has no belts. Right? And no shot at the world heavyweight title. It's a very different situation. Fury has a, a, a man-made opportunity to win the undisputed championship, make an absolute fortune, and also go down as one of the modern-day greats. So you would have hoped he would have done that. I understand the other thing. I hope he enjoys it. I, he's an entertainer. He's going to make a nice few quid. Good luck to everybody. Spence v Crawford this weekend. Can I get a prediction from yourself? Yeah. <coughs> I mean, firstly, obviously, you've got the... Spence team which is really the AJ team as well and and everything I hear is that he's in a tremendous place tremendous shape I'll just for me I'll go with Terence Crawford you know I just I think mentally he's got an unbelievable air of confidence and an edge about him I think Errol has been at 147 probably a little bit too long I think he has a little bit more damage on the clock you know through the car crash through the retina tear and a couple of tougher fights and I think if the fight is boxed at a fast pace, I think Terence Crawford could stop him. But if not, I think he wins on points. Last one. I think this has a little bit of relevance to you off the back of your chat with your mate Piers Morgan yeah. yesterday and obviously broadcasted the zone. What did you make of the girl who flashed her boobs yeah. live on the zone? I mean, look, that's again something that I'll make a comment on and there'll be a headline. If you actually listen to what I say, yeah, I think Kingpin and... Mim, uh, Mams and Misfits didn't like what I said when I said we've got to kick it as far away as possible from boxing. What I mean from that, I get it. I understand it. It rates. And I think Misfits particularly are very clever with how they put the show together. And it's a high-end production. I just don't like it. And I want to completely disassociate boxing with that. That's an entertainment format that has its place, does well, and then we've got boxing. 
but you look at what misfits are doing like with the what is it, what's it called their council or whatever they're trying to maintain that professionalism as well which i think is important we live in a world of views and clouts and so obviously someone knows to, to, if i do that it's going to blow up the internet that's their job that's what makes them their money when we're trying to come to places like this and bring young kids into sport, into boxing, and show them what we believe are role models and heroes, like Katie Taylor, for example, like Anthony Joshua, like Johnny Fisher, it's not a, the right look for boxing and where we want to be. So it can exist, and good luck to them. we just got to focus on what we do and love, which is the sport of boxing. You've stepped your toe in that world, you've come out of it, and you can respect the entertainment, but do you feel like what that young lady done was too far? Yes, I do. Listen, people say to me, well, you did it. I walked away from it. I could have made millions out of influencer boxing. Millions. I didn't enjoy it. I thought Logan Paul is one of the smartest men I've ever met. Great guy. KSI, love him. Not for me. I can't wake up with the same fire in my heart and passion to do something that I just don't... I love boxing. I love seeing great fighters. I love seeing kids coming down to the gym, taking them from pro debuts to world championships on the biggest shows for the great sport of boxing. I've no problem with that, it can exist. I get it, I get the world we live in. I also worried about the world we live in and worried about younger people who they can look at and say, I wanna be like them. And for parents like me to say, yeah, I like the fact that you look up to that person. Every time my kids have met Katie Taylor, I just sit there and stand back and go, oh please, give her another hour of this. This is what we need to teach kids about what is important in life and chasing greatness and trying to achieve something. Eddie, thank you very much for being to IFL TV. See you soon, mate. Thank you, Joe. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.